Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Lola, this is Jim. How are you today? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, I am getting ready to remodel my kitchen. I do have a construction background. However, I want to ask you about a product. My house was built okay. in the early 1950s. Okay, so there's like zero insulation in this house. This house is built on top of the concrete. There's no subfloor. There's no nothing. There is concrete, and then there's these little boards that are put across, and the floors are put on top of those little boards right on top of the concrete. <laughs> right. How did this house last this long? I'm not sure. <laughs> but I was cruising around the Internet, and I saw these subfloor panels that have an insulation layer next to them and they're uh-huh. attached together. I was wondering if I could use something like that on that floor on top of concrete. Well, first I will tell you that it is not uncommon for the floors to be put together that way. The concrete, then they used to use a tar base back in the 50s and 60s. They'd use a tar base set the two-by-fours down into that tar, and then the wood floor would go over the top of the two-by-fours. Right, I have remnants of that tar base. Pardon? I have remnants of that tar base. You can see that it was there all across it at one time, but it seriously deteriorated over the years. Yeah. Uh, Now, as far as the the heating things that you're talking about, is, is it one of those blankets basically that lays down and then you no, put your floors it's a over it. Of, it's a piece of like the foam board insulation, but it's attached okay. to a piece of fly, plywood and you just put them on the floor. Okay. It, it, it's a heated subfloor then. Okay. Because, yeah, because you're still putting insulation. your flooring over the top. I am going to put flooring over the top, yes. Okay. So is this just insulation or or is it heated it is not heated okay i will tell you you would get virtually no benefit out of that okay that is that is more designed for uh block and base pier and beam type homes and homes up uh, in the northern states uh you know they didn't use slabs in the northern states really until the last 15 20 years because concrete slabs, they, they need to get down below the freeze lines. Well, our concrete, yes, it does get cold, but you know, for the three days it gets cold. It it just doesn't justify the expense <laughs> of of putting those things in. Uh, and that's the reason you don't find the subfloor heats, you know, with the pipes running through it and all that kind of stuff. Because by the time uh, you know it gets cold and you heat those things up. The next day, you got to turn the air conditioner back on. Well, these heaters are still going in the floor because they're designed, once you turn them on, to run for weeks at a time and right, sometimes right. even months. So the concrete really just doesn't get cold enough where that insulation is going to really do you any good at all. So is there a tar-based stuff that I can put a waterproofer, I guess, over the top of that concrete again? Is that what I should go ahead and do is just redo the house? the way it was originally done? Well, 
you really, if the tar has come up, unless those wood screeds have come up, you really don't need to worry about tarring in between it. The only reason the tar, there was two reasons the tar was in between. One, it was cheap, and they would just dump it out and put the 2x4s down into it. They didn't right. worry about it spreading out. Two, it actually ended up with a secondary benefit, but and that was any moisture that came through the slab could be stopped. If that tar was originally down there, chances are real good the pores of the concrete are still plugged. But if they're not, yeah, they, they, you, they make all kinds of sealers for concrete nowadays. Deitch Coatings make some. Uh, Quickcrete makes them. They're readily available where you could coat that concrete and not have to worry about putting the tar back down. Okay. And my second question is, the house does have original oak hardwood floors in it. Some years ago... I guess the water heater in the house blew up. There's a, and it caused the wood in the hallway to swell and get a bubble in it. Well, underneath that, yeah. I, I can't find that hardwood anymore. So, if I'm, I'm I'm going to replace all the hardwood, I would just follow the same procedure that I'm going to do in the kitchen floor that we just talked about. Where, where have you looked? For what? For the wood, the original, for the original oak of that floor, um, yes. not really anywhere. I just know how quickly product changes, and I don't know if I could find it. It's kind of thin. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe you, an inch board be, all the way through. You will be totally amazed, but the, those old wood floors are still available from regular lumber companies and places like that. You're not going to find it at uh, you know. Floor and decor is not going to have it. Uh, the box stores aren't. Lumber liquidators, none of those places will. But if you go and get with one of the hardwood floor refinishers, they still uh -huh. have access to it. And there's a place over on Loop 12 near 35 that okay. may have it. Uh, it's it's a, a hardwood. Uh, it's a lumber sales store. They carry a lot of hardwoods there. Uh, there's also one over on Harry Hines that specializes in hardwood. Okay, great. I work right over by Harry and, Hines, so that would be easy. And even though, you know, you, I know you got finish on the existing floors, but these can be weaved in typically, and then the floor is refinished, and it looks gorgeous. Right. So I would like to shave as much of the wood as I can. In, in parts of the house, the floor is in great condition. And yeah. I, told, I told my husband we're going to have to pull the floor out of two of the rooms to fix the floor in the rest of the house and then oh, a different no. floor and I didn't want to do that I didn't I, if I, it, the house has hardwood floor all through it and yep. I, do, yep. I would rather no, just call a floor restoration company and they can get it I, I, I redid uh, two years ago I redid a, a couple houses that were built in the mid 50s as well and same issue in the hallway the floors had been wet they they looked like they were ruined and then I removed one of the walls and had to do some weaving in. I called the floor company because I wanted to have those old wood floors restored. They weaved it in, stained it, put the finish on. It looked great. Loved it. All right, I will do that. Thank you so much. You bet, Lola. You take care. Elizabeth, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hello, Jim. Thank you very much. Hello. You are such a trusted resource. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, thank you. I'm uh, familiar with Advent Air, and I'm sitting here looking at my sunburst shutters. 
Oh, good. <laughs> the question I call, I have a patio question, but I want to go back to the lady who called about the popcorn ceiling, and you said to put the cedar yeah. on the ceiling. What else can be put on a ceiling without taking that popcorn off? You know, I look at high-end magazines, uh, and they have you yeah. see those really pretty ceilings. It, can you use flooring? Is that too heavy? Uh, no, nothing. Really, there, I don't think of anything that would be too heavy that you would put on a ceiling. Uh, wood flooring can de- definitely be put up there. Wood planks can be put up there. Uh they they make decorative ceilings out of tin and different things like that as yeah, well. No, I don't want that. They can that. be put up, that, but that, yeah, wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, if you want wood, there is no such thing as uh, you know. You, I just did a uh, beadboard ceiling in one of my rooms in a patio room. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It, it and it's relatively simple to do. It's tongue and groove, uh, easy to put up, and yeah, the weight's not an issue at all. I like that look, Jim, but is there something wider? When you say beadboard, I see that little one-inch, you know, thing. Uh, The one I, I used has one. two and a half inch wide, yeah. Okay, well, tell me where that is and where I can look at it. it any lumber yard will have it. Um, I've even seen it at uh, Home Depot. Oh, really? In the lumber yep. section? In, in, the, in the lumber section. And it's... But, you say tongue and groove. That's just one strip at a time you put up. It's not a sheet. Uh, well, the one I used had two strips at a time. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, now back but to you my... Can, you, now, you can get it with one strip, though, because uh, I haven't said anything today, but I'm at the deer lease today because hunting season started this morning. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> over in my dad's cabin, my mom and dad's cabin, we, we put the tongue and groove uh ceilings in it uh and it it was one strip at a time okay yeah well i don't want the narrow you know i don't want that narrow yeah. look that that looks a little you country can, for what i'm looking for i want more yeah i think you can get it as wide as three inches uh, or or up it, it goes you can get that one inch strip you can get the like inch and a half two and a half three and then i think it jumps up to six does it come finished or do you have to paint it you can get it both. I would typically recommend getting it unfinished, though. Okay. And because you can't get when you're installing it, you're going to make marks on it. Yeah, I would rather have that, too. That way I can match exactly what I want. You yep. can't give yep. me a brand name to look for, or is there? Oh, like no, the, no, because ceiling it's, or? no, because it's just lumber. It's not... It's not a a, a brand. Well, it probably does have a brand, but I just go into the lumber yard and pull it off the racks. Okay. And, okay, then I live in Arlington. Where would you suggest a lumber yard that would have that, that I could see it? Well, like I said, you you can actually just go by uh, Home Depot and they have it. Yeah, I've got Home Depot and I've got we've got Lowe's, but I don't know of just a lumber Lowe's? yard. I've got to be honest. I, I When I looked at Lowe's, they did not have it. I saw okay. it at Home Depot, uh, and in any of the the, the lumber yards that carry finish bo- or uh, trim boards, mm-hmm. they ha- they would have it. Okay. Well, I'll see if I can trace it down because that's what I want to do. I'd want to just cover the popcorn, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Find the look that I want. Norman, 
How are you today? Doing good. How about yourself? I'm out at the deer lease. I couldn't be any better. Well, sounds great to me. Uh, I've got, uh, well, i got one problem here, and you addressed this, uh, Jim, in the past, and I totally forgot what you said about it. I've got a heater that here over the last couple of weeks when the, uh, you know, the flames come on and start heating up the water, the water tank yep. is popping. Okay. You know, it goes pop, pop. Yep. <laughs> you got a lot of sediment in the bottom of it. Uh-oh. Is that going to cost me money? Uh, life in general costs us a ton of money, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, re- realistically, what's happening is the sediment in the bottom, as as the, the flame comes up, you know, it heats the bottom of the tank. It has to heat all that sediment before it starts heating the water. And that sediment expands and contracts, you know, as the temperature changes. So it makes that crackling noise. If you continue using that water heater until it dies, you'll be just fine. Uh, Typically, once it gets to that point, it's too late to get the sediment out anyways. Because you've, you've heated it up so many times, it becomes a big blob at the bottom of the tank. Okay, I kind of thought so, that that may be what it what the problem was, but I I wanted to check with you. Yeah, how old a tank is it? Uh, it was put in. Let me think here. It's only been in for about maybe six years. Okay. Well, typically, if you let a, a water heater go for two years without draining it, because it's the periodic draining that takes the sediment out. Once you let it go, typically past two years, you start getting enough buildup that it won't drain out any longer. Uh, so you're well past that time frame, and yeah, that's that's exactly what's going on with it. Use it. Don't worry about it. It's going to be annoying, but you'll probably still get 10, 15 years out of that. Robert, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. Um, I have a, my mother's house flooded, and I had the hardwoods. They were hardwoods on screes removed and of course the sheetrock up a couple feet however the kitchen floor is tile and i just noticed that it the the whole house it looks like was screed and then a subfloor was put in the kitchen and tile on top of the subfloor right um my question is i was just going to replace the wood floors i'm assuming water now would have gotten underneath the kitchen so do the kitchen floors have to come up and not necessarily it, it it is tile, correct? Yes. You know, it, it 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 really all depends on how that tile was put in. If they used a mortar base type material for putting the tile in, you're usually okay without having to take it out. Well, if they use the, one of the synthetics, it, it it's it's not. Well, the, the what I what I'm finding out is the tile looks like it was put down over a over a subfloor that was on top of the screeds as well. Oh, take it out. Okay, uh, now that's, yeah. that's what I was afraid. The yeah, the, the, were the cabinets would they have been put on top of the subfloor or would they have gone down to the yes. slab? They would have been on top of that subfloor as well. So the cabinets uh, had uh, to come uh, out uh, as well. Robert, would you mind holding on for just a second? I got to take a quick break and I'll be right back because there's a few things that we do need to talk about on that. Let's get back into our calls. When we left, I was talking with Robert, and 
Robert, are you there still? Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, on those kitchens, they, they had two ways they did them. In some of the houses, the wood screed board went all through the house first, and everything went in. In other houses, the kitchen area and the bathroom areas actually had raised concrete in them so that the wood floors matched up to the uh, floor height. It sounds like yours has the wood screeds throughout the house. And if that's the case, the wood screed was in first and the kitchen cabinets were set on top of that. Uh, so you would end up removing the kitchen cabinets to get it all out. Okay, that's what I was afraid of. The uh, There's no way to, to just ensure there's no mold underneath it by really injecting, you know, the anti-mold or Clorox underneath the flooring so I don't have to do that. I mean, it's, you know, the you house, know, I, I would, I'd like to scrape the house, but unfortunately there's so much inventory now over there, you know, sure. the, the lots are basically worthless. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily go spraying that underneath there, but if you wanted to avoid doing that part of it, you know, it'd be easy to have a mold test done. And okay. if it didn't show any mold, then don't. But didn't okay. the cabinets I, get ruined with the water that came in? They did not. It was very, very little water. The wood floors buckled. Ah, and, okay. But, but I, mean, no, I mean, actually, they really didn't buckle. They were just kind of wavy and... You know, they the inspector, not the inspector, the adjuster said to pull them out. Yeah. So I, I did. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then I, you know, I personally would probably take a, a serious look at leaving it there. Okay. Uh, if, how, if you're not smelling any, if you're not smelling okay. anything musty, they actually make test kits that you can get at like the box stores and some of the hardware stores like Ace Hardware. Some of those places carry them, where you you swab with a uh, petri dish, you send it in, and uh, they do a mold test to see if you've got high levels of mold or not. And if you okay. don't, leave it. Okay, I'll do that. I just wanted to make sure because we're going to have to fix it up now and get her back in it. Sure. Um, but no, I don't smell mold at all. So, I, I you, more than likely you'll be fine then. Okay. All right. I sure appreciate it. You bet. Take care, Robert. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Uh, and, and, you know, this just is just for everybody. we got to use a little common sense on some of the things we do. I know it's nice to have everything in textbook format. This is real life. Real life doesn't go by a textbook. Real life goes by here's the situation we're in, which way makes more sense. And then we you, you have to make a judgment call risk versus cost and if you do the test on this and the test clean you have very little risk tim this is jim hey jim thanks a lot for taking my call great show um Thank you, sir. my question is um during allison when they flooded i um, had some water in the house i went ahead and gutted it and dried it out and i uh, had wood floors in there original owners had wood floors so after letting it dry and seeing how it settled I went ahead and put a Spanish tile just straight on top of it. Of course, I did put a barrier between the old wood floor and the tile. This time I got water in it again. I uh, went ahead when I gutted all the sheetrock and um, put the, uh, I pulled up all that tile, but I left the wood floor, let it dry. It's been over, you know, all this time. 
What I want to do is go over it with a uh, floating floor over directly over that wooden floor, the old floor. Seems like it's settled good. It, it's dried out quite a bit. Do you recommend that? What do you think about that? Well, if the floor is, is dried out and we don't have any you know issues with the floor being heavily cupped or anything like that, and of course molds and all that, right. uh, bacteria and all that stuff, there's absolutely no problem at all with going over it with a floating floor. I, and I think I did dry it out completely and uh, cleaned it out enough to where I don't think I have any mold. In fact, I was very surprised that it didn't have anything from the last time. Okay, and I, I believe that that's what I'm going to do on that situation. And one more real quick question. What do you think sure. about that? The new, uh, you know, it's an older home and it has the old galvanized piping. I want to do away with that and put that flex piping, you know, some of these. Um, yeah, you want to go with uh, the PEX, yeah. Right. Um, and what is your what is your um, uh, feelings on that kind of piping now to replace the old piping? Is it, have they come a long way in, in their uh I guess their uh, their experience in putting that stuff in and does it last? Absolutely. <clears throat> in fact, I, I my company we've done lots of them. Uh, mm-hmm. We use Upanor, U P O N O R, mostly because of the technology of the the tubing. There is a difference in the way the different tubes are made by the different manufacturers and on the fittings. Uh, and Upanor by far is the strongest one and that's the reason I like using it. And, and this is this is for everybody. If your house flooded and you've already got sheetrock off where you got these old galvanized pipes exposed, by all means consider replacing it. Uh you know those pipes sooner or later if you haven't already started having problems with them leaking, they're going to leak. Uh the, the the advantages to using that Upanor PEX plumbing, one, it, if if we get into a freeze, for instance, which let's face it, hardly ever happens, but once every 25 years, when we get into a hard freeze where pipes freeze, you the 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 PEX pipes can expand with the freeze, and then they go back once the pipe the water thaws out again. Uh, you don't have all the bursting pipes. Uh, it's very easy to run them every place where they need to be, especially when the walls are opened up right now. Um, the, 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 you don't get the buildup in them like you do in conventional pipes because, again, the flexibility of them, the stuff stays off of it. it it's just all around a much better system than using the old galvanized pipes. Uh, if you got walls in place and... You know, you'd have to tear out sheetrock to do the replacement. Then I, I would tell you, okay, you got some other choices. You can look at the, uh, the e-pipe system, for instance, where they can clean out the pipes and blow an epoxy resin through it. But when if the walls are opened up, where you got easy access, by far, PEX is the way to go. I'm redoing the flower bed where the dirt was completely over the slab. How much of the slab should be exposed between the dirt? and the brick. Well, typically if you're getting your home inspected, they're looking to have three or four inches of slab showing. And the reason for that, so it's easy to spot termites and things like that. Uh, It also definitely helps when we have the heavy rains. If you get any water backing up and such, uh, it keeps it, gives you room for it not to come in the house 
and also if the water is going to wick up in the foundation it makes it where it's got to wick up further so three four inches if you get a little if you get too much you know you get more than like six inches or so then they tell you oh you got to add some dirt uh, and if you're on a little bit of a slope like my yard slopes from the front to the back in the front I've got about three inches of slab showing in the back because of the way the slope the yard slopes I have about 14 inches showing and the inspector was trying to say oh you got to raise that up I said are, are you using any common sense here buddy you don't need to raise that up that's the way the natural grade is so when you look at it don't don't make it a hard and fast rule use a little common sense on how the ground itself is moving another email question that had come in when I wash clothes the water backs up in the toilet and shower what can or uh, what drain chemical can I use that is powerful to unclog the problem there isn't one you can use all the different you know liquid products you want going down that drain once it's plugged up like that you're going to be forced with probably going in with a snake to unclog it because this is a, a, a clog the fact that the water's coming up in the toilet and the in the shower and stuff tells me it's a clog that's in the four inch line it's not in one of your smaller lines where it's just a, a simple clog which i still wouldn't recommend the liquid drains and stuff but the fact that it's in the four inch line that's telling me that uh, it's probably either a break in the line or some tree roots and stuff are getting in there or it's a relatively large clog but the reason I'm thinking it's going to be tree roots in the line the line isn't shut down completely your toilets working uh, that's still flowing the shower still working what's happening is when the washing machine discharges it puts a lot of water quickly everything else is static flow you know it's 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 not in a huge rush the toilet yeah it, it dumps it quick but you're only talking a gallon or two when your dishwasher or when your washing machine discharges it's taking a lot of water rapidly down the pipe and so it's backing up and that's why you're here getting the backup into the toilets now if you told me it was gurgling then i would be telling you it's it's not a clog in the line itself but a clog in the vent and it's trying to pull air through the toilet and the shower but the fact that it's backing up tells me that there's a plug down the line so that's really what you're going to need to deal with david welcome to texas home improvement how can i help you hello david hello hey this is jim how can i help you yes uh, i heard you recommend recently that if you're going to get replace your water heaters get tankless and I would like to know the pros and cons of tankless over standard water heaters well I'll get started on it and, I'm, I'll, and I'll probably have to finish it after the news but the pros of a tankless water heater is you've got continuous hot water you you never run out of hot water and if you're in a house where uh, you got a lot of people wanting to take showers and different things like that perfect way to go if you're in a house that and like most of us are everybody's gone during the day 
there's no reason for the, the there to be hot water at that time. And typically through the night, there's not a reason to be hot water. So a tankless water heater shuts down completely when it's not being used. No power going out. Where a tank type has to keep the water hot all the time. Uh, the water, to keep hot water typically accounts for about 20% of your utility bills. So it is actually a large sum. But the bigger thing is there's pros and cons of installing a tankless water heater on a retrofit. And that's what I'll address when I come back from news, traffic, and weather here on KRLD. When we left, I was talking with David. And uh, David, I, I wanted to talk to you really uh, about the installation process. And, you know, here, here's what you're going to be dealing with. Uh, is your house all electric or gas? I'm sorry? Do you have uh, gas to your house, or is it all electric? No, I have gas. I have okay. two, uh, two 50-gallon water heaters now that are gas installed above my laundry room in the attic, and I, I'm a little leery of that. Yeah. Well, the thing you'd have to look at if you're going to make the conversion, and the fact that you have two 50-gallon water heaters, I think, makes this much more cost-effective for you. Because the biggest expense is typically getting either the gas line or the electricity to the tankless water heater. Because they, they require a bigger line than a tank type water heater does, whether it's gas or electric. And the fact that you have two of them side by side, you probably have a big enough gas line. In most cases, a three quarter inch gas line is large enough. Uh, and in some cases, they've actually got them where they all, all they need is a half inch now. But in most cases, three quarters is what you're going to be looking at. Take a look at, at a brand called Navion. And uh, the reason I like this brand over all the others, one, their vent system only requires a PVC vent, not a double wall stainless steel. And the reason it requires PVC is it's not losing all the heat out through the ventilation. So it's 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 actually more efficient than than a lot of the other brands. Uh, two, they have an option. Uh, it's N A V I A N or I E N. I can't remember now. I E N it is, I believe. Yeah, N A V I E N. Okay. And uh, the other thing that they have is a recirculating pump. If you want to hook it up where it can recirculate the water through the house so you've got instant hot water instead of having to wait you know for the hot water to travel to the faucet uh, because a lot of times people make the mistake of thinking if they go with a tankless water heater they're gonna have hot water instantly every place and that's not, it's gonna take the same amount of time whether it's a tank or a tankless to get the hot water from wherever the unit is to the faucets but with that okay. recirculating pump uh, you can put that on timers or have switches where that can come on and you would have instant hot water then. Well, but it's a very, have, very efficient system. I have instant hot water now in my master bath. Will that still work? If you have it now working, yes, it, could, it would still work with a tankless. Let's head over to uh, Carrollton and Melinda. This is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. We have a you dilemma bet. with our gunite pool in the backyard. We really, really need to get rid of it. We've tried, you know, repair, blah, blah. City's on my back a little bit, and I just can't.
jackhammer, but found out that gunite's just not that easy to get rid of. No, it's not. Uh, you know, you, 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 there is a landfill up in Louisville that will, it, well, they won't typically don't want it. If there is down off of uh, 635 and 35, there is a concrete place there that takes old concrete and, and you know grinds it up. I think they would take the gunite, but in most cases, what people do is actually break up the gunite and bury it. Now, the cities used to allow you to just kind of crack up the pool, fill it in. You just break off the top layer and throw it in the bottom. They don't really allow that anymore. Now what they want is everything broken out, but a lot of times they will still let you leave it in the ground and then cover it up with dirt. Yeah, that's what they told me. We would have to just take in the top quarter or third of it and put it down in the hole after it's all broken up. But right. Okay. What equipment do you think we would need to make that happen? What you're going to need is an air compressor and a jackhammer. Uh, well, gunite is actually stronger than concrete. Uh, typical concrete, like your driveway and your house slab, are 3,000 PSI concrete. Gunite is normally shot at around 7,000 PSI. And so right. it's extremely strong, uh, and it's going to have a lot of steel in there. And so you basically start from the top, start sh hitting it with the jackhammer and breaking it down, and you're going to find that those walls are about 12 to 14 inches thick. So it takes a lot of work to break one out. But yeah, you break it down, let it fall on the bottom, and then you just need dirt to fill it in. What part of Carrollton you know, are you in? I am in 75006, about three south of Trinity Mills and Mars. Okay. The reason I'm asking, you know, I'm in, I'm in foundation repair, and I end up with a lot of leftover dirt. I'm always looking for places to get rid of it, and filling in swimming pools is one of the places we get rid of our dirt. Ah, awesome. Sounds great. So, Jim, do you think I need to hire um, a backhoe excavator kind of thing to help me back? I don't think we've got two summers, you know, um, that we could just go out there with a jackhammer. This is going to take some kind of major equipment, don't you think? No. No. How old are, you, how old are your sons that you said? Uh, 20 and 21. Oh, by all means, let's put those little suckers to work. They can do this. I had two people say, oh, it'll take them two summers to get it done because they no. had taken two summers to get it done. Okay, no, that, air compressor. If you, try, if you try to use a chipping hammer, absolutely it's going to take you two summers to get it done. You need right. a jackhammer. Now, jackhammers come in, in different sizes. You can get a 90-pound jackhammer, which would really work those guys to death because, I mean, that's, that's a heavy tool. But they do have – my son is flipping his thumb up because that's the way I would make him do it. <laughs> uh, but they do make – they also have them in a 30, which is a more of a chipping hammer, and they have it in a 65-pound. Get that 65-pound. Okay. Because you can handle it sideways and start chipping from the top, working your way down. And it, you, you make it a two-man job. Ha they tie a rope to the, to the jackhammer. One of them stands up on top, holds it, 
while the other one is operating it from the side, pushing, and that'll make short time of it. Well, ask your son if I buy him pizza, he can come help. Ha ha. <laughs> that was a big no. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh well. Well, thanks, Jim. This is very encouraging. You know, single mom. You know, not a lot of resources, but we've got to get rid of that pool. So I will contact you when we're ready for some dirt. Melinda, when you get those two boys over there and ready to start jackhammering on this, if you need somebody to come over and get them lined out, I love making young men work. I will, because uh, you're so close, I will, I will come over and show them what they need to do and get them started on it when you're ready. Oh my gosh, that is a huge super deal. Okay, same number? Same nope. phone number? Um, call my office number. Call my office at 972-406-0912, and that's for Due West. And just okay. just tell them that you and I talked on the radio, and, and they'll, they'll get you to me. Awesome. All right, bless you. Thank you. Appreciate you so much. Thank. Take care, Melinda. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. And yes, I am not politically correct, people. I do still believe in child labor and making young people work for their things. And, you know, 20 and 21 years old, they need some physical work. It'll build muscles they didn't even know they had. Uh, beyond that, it's a good thing to do for their mom. Gary, how can I help you today? Thank you, sir. Uh, does the, uh, the ductless HVA system require any gas to operate yes it's still it's still going to have the the same type of uh, coolants running through the copper lines the only difference is uh, it's all self-contained in a smaller package per room now they call those cassettes and one of them you can get that hangs on the wall they got others that set up in the ceiling and basically the copper lines run from those units to the outside system and you still have to have a drain line for the for the water for the moisture that's taken out of the air as well uh so 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 all 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 that uh i would have is just the uh, uh units inside the house the cassettes that are mounted on the walls or ceilings and then the outside unit yes sir so there's no yeah, there's need no... for 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 an inside furnace you know per se where, where my old furnace is located now nope all that space becomes available ah okay that sounds that sounds good. That sounds good. I I, I I don't know if you're aware, but I put a ductless system in my house earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, I had, and, I had heard you mention that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's uh, all that unit that was up in my attic and stuff. It's all gone. Uh, they got the outside unit, and the nice thing is those outside units. You know, whether you want to do like I only did part of my house, but I can tell you, I think I'll take a serious look at doing the rest of the house when I got to replace my other unit. Uh, because one, I love the way it operates, extremely quiet. You don't feel the air moving across you, uh, you know, when you, when you get too close to one of the vents. Uh, it puts out heat the same way, very comfortable. It, it, they're, the outside units, they have units that can operate up to 16 separate units inside. Uh, 
and they can daisy chain them to ba basically go unlimited even on commercial projects and stuff so i mean and they run uh almost i, I won't say double but at least a third more efficiently than standard units and sometimes up to t to up to you know double the efficiency they're so just can very good units can can i can i tear out the ducks that are in my house now if you go with a ductless system all those ducks would be gone yay <laughs> wow so that'll give me more space in the in the attic then yep absolutely Wow, that is tremendous. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.